This is Rick Ross, and you are listening to the Drive Podcast. to the drive podcast i have a special guest i have amanda labrie she is an event coordinator for corporate events oil and gas and other events welcome to to the drive thank you sir it's a pleasure all right so tell us amanda uh, where are you from where'd you grow up and how'd you uh you know did you go to college or Tell us a little bit about yourself. Pretty much, how did I end up here recording with you in a podcast? There we go. There so, we <laughs> shortly, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. I went to Lamar High School off of Westheimer. Okay. And swam in high school. Ended up getting a swimming scholarship. I ended up at UT Permian, which is out in West Texas. Mm-hmm specializes in petroleum, mm. you know, development, finished with a dual degree in undergrad, one in management and the other in political science. Okay. Then shortly after went same school, got my mm. MBA and also a teaching certificate. Mm-hmm. When I finished that, it was 2011. I'd still been in West Texas. Okay. And took a job as a layman and uh, did that ever since I decided to become a corporate event planner in late 2018. Okay, so you were working for a company. Correct. Right? So what like brought you to be like, I don't want to do this. I want to do my <laughs> own thing. <laughs> Everyone has that epiphany in life, right? That one moment. but Yeah, you do because you yes. think about it like, you know, they call it the rat race and... You know, and, and it's nothing wrong with going to work, you know, doing an yeah. honorable job, you know, doing, being a good citizen, but there's more out to it. So, so, so enlighten me or enlighten us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about enlightening. That's a strong word. Okay. Or elaborate. Uh, elaborate. Okay. <laughs> grain of salt. Uh, being an in-house layman was the best career. I can't say anything bad about it or any regrets Mm -hmm. you know it just made me who I am today better or worse however being an in-house layman I was always very involved with organizations associations city uh, local congressional office Mm -hmm. and always volunteered or had the role to plan events Mm -hmm. and so throughout the years I gained experience not necessarily it being my paid full-time job but every company allowed me the freedom to do it because they knew the benefit of the networking side it would bring so layman is like a network person or what what would you oh gosh a layman well we let's say there's a lot of different facets mm-hmm. of being a layman, but essentially, if you want to go develop a property, drill, complete, produce oil, mm-hmm. or any other hydrocarbons or minerals, the landman is responsible for getting the rights to go onto the land. So a company, ENP company, has to go through the actual surface owners, which mm. one are private individuals or their state owned land, federal owned land. So as a landman, our job is to collect and form a development area mm-hmm. per the specifications of the actual operator we are working for. Okay. And what would you have your degree in? Um, which one? Oh, you have many degrees. Okay. What's your first degree? (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, two undergraduate degrees in political science and then mm. one in management. Uh, then right after that, I rolled into my MBA and I additionally got a teacher certification okay. education degree mm-hmm. teaching business 9 through 12. So you have like a lot of degrees. I had a lot of energy back then. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I drink to that. I drink yeah. to that. Okay. So after you, you know, you did the layman and then, so was there a moment where you were like, you know what, there's more that I want to do? There was, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great, you know, admirable thing when, I feel like I can say I moved up in my career mm-hmm. and you get to a certain point where you've moved up to a level and you're not at the same face-to-face team asset level development that you have been in the past. So mm-hmm. doing a very important job, I was responsible for all of the new asset and merger acquisitions for this operator and all i did was sit in an office by myself and read contracts and read contracts and figure out what our company was uh, held you know as far as our development plans Uh what we needed to do what we had what other partners were in this new development with us. And, you know, one day just sitting outside on, on the patio uh-huh. with a good friend and, you know, reflecting on life. And I said, I'm just not happy. You know, I was. You thought you were happy, right? And then you just yeah, get an epiphany. It, it really was. And then it's a hard epiphany to have when, you know, you're younger and you're getting paid, you know, an extremely uh, well salary, well salary, you yeah. know, more than you feel like you may deserve. But I uh, will tell you, it was well deserved. But to leave that, and, and it's a risk. The whole corporate, that's yeah, a huge risk. But you know what? It's mm-hmm. life. And I felt like you only live once. I was. Out there in Dublin, mm-hmm. no family, mm-hmm. um, great friends, great community. Right. Love everybody out there. But shout out to Midland. A shout out to West <laughs> Texas and Midland. I, I love y'all all, and I'm okay. still back all the time. But mm-hmm. I've re relocated to Houston, where I actually have back family. To the, back to the age town. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. hard to to not have any family. You can still be successful, you know. So you started you started your your business in, in Midland and then moved over here or uh it was about eighty twenty. So I was the kind of rep in Midland when I had a business partner and so I stayed there because it it's a different atmosphere to be and to hold events, to hold parties, socials, um you really have to know people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, I I consider myself a wedding planner for corporate structure. So tell me what you want, and, you and make, I'll execute, and it. you make it happen. And I'll make it happen. Yeah. So it's all about a lot of people. It's all about networking sometimes, right? And even if you want that job, like you can always network, and you you make these mixers and you put these people together. Yes. So how does that work? Do you I'm not going to give all your secrets, but I know there's a lot to it, but no do, 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 do you, do you meet these people first and then you, or do you do like a mass email, you know, or how does that work when you get these events together? You know, it, it, it's dependent on the client who hires me. Mm-hmm. They may already have their set list of people or right. they want me to help promote an event. Uh, they may want special kind of niche market people in a, a certain arena, whether it's tech or completion, uh-huh. solar. Uh, and I mentioned solar, even though I've 
been in oil and gas all my life because there's just such a transition in the industry uh-huh. from, you know, the big major companies that are leading the transition into other energy sectors. So I don't think classified as just an oil and gas corporate event planner is accurate at this point. That's where my network base is first and foremost and my passion. But as far as getting people together, yes, I'll do some blasts because I want everybody to get involved. Gotcha. So, so, so social media has a lot to do with it or LinkedIn, I LinkedIn. think is the best platform by far to do any social media activity mm-hmm. when it comes to professional a, events, a, prof- a high caliber. Yes. Professional events. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who, you know, are other uh, event planners, gotcha. they have more of a, you know, party style event, whether it's, um, I mean, I don't know, it's just an overextended happy hour, maybe that's a good word. Mm-hmm. But the ones that I choose to work with are very boutique events where I consider quality of people versus quantity. Right. So when you did this and you said you weren't happy, they don't, you have naysayers say, no, you have a good job. Why are you doing this? You know, why are you going to give up a career? You got insurance, you got this and that. <laughs> and, you know, I want my I want these audience to know that yeah. if you start, if you want to do something, do it. And don't just say you're going to do it. You went and executed. Did you, did you have second thoughts or how did you, how did your, was you, how was your mindset when you said, you know what, I'm going to give my two weeks notice and <laughs> do my own well, thing. You know, <laughs> I will say this. I have been very fortunate by, you know, all the powers that be and the connections that I've made mm-hmm. organically. You know, I, sounds funny enough, but Mm -hmm. I asked to get fired. Wow. So that I could have that extra Cobra insurance (laughs) for, you know, the next 18 months or however long it was. Yes, yes, yes. And actually don't have a resume. So I've been hired by, you know. Well, it's, it's word of mouth. You know, like I was telling you how I got my job. It's through LinkedIn and and it's Mm -hmm. someone I work with and it wasn't like. I, you know, sometimes when you go through a job, sometimes it's a temp agency, mm-hmm. you know, or something. But nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But it, networking is a key. It is the key. You know, and I think just for me specifically, saying I never resume, you know, I never apply for a job. Not to sound pompous, but I was in a very small town, mm-hmm. so having that community environment, people just knew you for what you did Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and you may call it nepotism but when you're in a small pool everybody ends up working for everybody but it it applies to the same in a big city because especially in energy and Mm -hmm. i'm sure every other industry sector it really is small and so when did you start this this business uh 2018 okay so you were affected by covid as a bunch of other people and (laughs) So when COVID happened, you know, you got weddings, you have events, you have concerts. I know all the people mm-hmm. that work in the industry, you know, as far it, they got affected, you know. Oh, yes. So were you doing Zoom meetings or what were you doing? I was concentrating on the nuts and bolts of the business. No, I, I'm a complete <laughs> people person. I never tried to do a webinar or one of those online conferences. So you want face-to-face. I want face-to-face, and I know what Mm -hmm. I'm good at and not good at. Mm -hmm. And I realized I would not have been profitable or efficient with my time attempting to assemble something via webinar. Okay. So I just wrote it out. Wrote the storm. Wrote the storm. Wrote the storm, but... You know, it it's passed, and yeah, I kept. You kept at it because some people would have been like, you could have easily gone back to work. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'm gonna do it. That's good. And 
And a lot of people suggested, they're like, you know, you can take an in-house play job for X amount of money and, you know, be good. And, you know, <laughs> just take a risk. And, you, you know, you may not, you may not do as financially well at the get-go, you know, especially, you know, here I go in COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't let it stop you because every day you make it up and you're, you are your own boss. You make mm-hmm. your agenda. Mm-hmm. You you figure out what you need to do to make money. And it sounds daunting. It can be sometimes. But when you really love it, and I love the planning, it feels like you're passionate about a it. project. You know, I equate it to, you know, project in school. Like, I want to get this so perfect that I get an A+. Mm-hmm. Right? And... So I still try to hold those high standards and and it makes you satisfied when you see the product and services that you've delivered. And even though you're not making as much, you know that you have the willpower and the gumption to keep going and growing. You know, at this Mm-hmm. It hasn't been too long, and even after COVID, like I really need to go ahead and hire an assistant because mm-hmm. yeah, the work, the workload. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have no regrets. I have, you know, the world is every day is a blessing. I'm excited for the future, and and truly, this is a really really good time mm-hmm. for the energy industry. Yeah. Despite what may be, you know, said and, you know, done in a lot of political for, you know, mm-hmm. formalities, whether it be here or abroad, you just have to stay ahead of it, know what's out there, and frankly, go where the money is. Right, um, right. Well, so would you say... <laughs> You work you you don't work from you don't work for money. Money works for you. Well, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, um, people, you know, with their that go to work every day, you know, it thing is they're they're working for their salary, but there's always more to it. It's mm-hmm. just pulling the trigger like you did as yourself. Yeah. And I've had other guests come on and do you know, business owners and doing their own thing, but it's a risk. It's a risk. It is. And it always takes that moment because I remember, you know, when I was doing land work, I was so happy and I love that profession. I mean, like I said before, before I got moved up and it became, because uh, I worked as a uh, full time at a mm-hmm. law firm when I was in grad school. So mm-hmm. I had the, the good, uh, base knowledge and because I'd been doing it a few years knowing how to read and decipher contracts. Right. Um, but before then, you know, man, I never saw myself doing anything else, but once I couldn't do my side events, I realized that is what made me happy and, and I'm going to keep doing it. You're going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. Got you, got you. And you know, with COVID and everything, you know, hopefully everything, everything turns out for the better, you know, so it's one of those things. Uh, So when you do these mixers, um, do you get contacted again? Like, hey, we need you again. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm on, um, I don't know, one of those indefinite retainers with some companies. Awesome. Where, yeah, it's awesome. It's honorable. You know, that they're like, okay, whatever we have for now on, you're doing it. So what you have? What was the last event that you did? It was last night, actually. Okay. <laughs> so okay. if my voice is drawn out, I'm still a little tired. We had an event at the Canon West Houston. have to give them a shout out. They're an amazing, amazing group. The co-space specifically um, targeted to young startups as myself and so many other people. And they've always been gracious enough to allow us to host events there. And the true host is OGGN and it's the oil and gas global network and our yeah, global network. And they actually have the biggest oil and gas podcast in the world. They've got well over 2 million or 
Two million. Two million. Two wow. million followers and listeners. The reason why we have events every month is actually to support a charity called Red M. Uh, it's it's very influential here in Houston. It's the charity is meant to first and foremost bring attention and awareness to human sex trafficking. That's of course the very right, problem. Right. Then oh yes. people realize. Well, how do you feel on that trafficking? You know, with the borders open and stuff. How do you feel about that? With these Amber Alerts, you know, I've, like I was yeah. telling you earlier, these Amber Alerts, most of them are young girls, seven, eight, and no one, it's not in the news at all. No, because all the news wants to talk about is COVID. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, it's not really, it's not really a political podcast, but since they stopped bashing Trump, they right. don't know what else to talk, they don't know what else to talk about, you know? They, you know, the entertainment's gone. But, you know, I, yeah. I remember Saturday Night Live, SNL said when Trump got elected that night, that was the happiest they had been in years mm -hmm. because they knew they could just oh juice it. They go could juice it after it. Yeah. And and everything's funny on TV, you know, to the extent because it's over exaggerated and. <laughs> You know, the characters are just, they're wonderful anyway, whoever they're playing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, COVID, I, it really has just taken over the news media. And, and it's left so many important issues, whether they are, you know, geopolitical, whether they're going on in different countries, different mm -hmm. wars we're engaging in. Uh, but sex trafficking. Mm, yeah becomes an issue that people know and I don't believe that they don't want to believe it but they just don't understand how relevant it is mm -hmm. and it you know it it really does it's a horrible thing I, I mean mm -hmm. we have girls missing not that I personally know but they're getting kidnapped from other countries are getting bust in here. You know, and I think some of those 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 illegals that are at the border, they get adopted by these families and they sell them off. You know, oh. hey, yeah, oh, yeah, it's real trafficking. Yeah, real trafficking, and instead of the FBI or whatever, they're not doing anything about it. You know, there's a, there's a there's a ring about mm -hmm. you know that happens, and they sell these girls off or these young boys off, and. It's like swept under the rug. I mean, it is bona fide slavery. Yes. When we think of civil rights and everything mm -hmm. our country has fought for, mm -hmm. even in the last four years, you know, what has been brought to light of the other underground feelings of the nation. Yeah. These girls, they are slaves. They don't have a family. They are completely you know, ignorant to the outside world. I'm not mm. saying dumb. I'm just saying they are not informed. Yeah, and they don't speak the language. They don't speak the language. They're just so confined. And, you know, with with certain progress of these programs, you know, and, and mm. gracious, you know, just undying work from these uh, social services, getting these girls, the counseling, to even understand that, they're in a nation and a state that they can actually do something, even if it's exactly. to a simple thing of watching TV. It's just so sad. And I don't think, you know, when you start talking to people who have brothers and sisters who, or have daughters, mm -hmm. then they think about it and they're like, wow. But it is just one of those things that they're they're not talked about. They're not talked about, and and you know Governor yeah. Abbott, you know a lot of people, I know a lot of people don't like him, but he called out kids were in San, in San Antonio in the Coliseum that they were being molested, mm -hmm. and they were they're living they were living in such bad mm -hmm. conditions, and President Biden didn't even come to Texas mm -hmm. to even address it, and the news didn't even report it. I saw and it. I had yeah, I yeah. saw it, and it was like real brief, and that was it. Oh, yeah, because then we got to talk about COVID because... Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not... 
They don't want to get me started, but you know, COVID's a money maker. Oh my goodness, they don't talk about what you need. You know, I and recent episodes I talked about remedies. If you don't want to take the shot, you can take vitamin D. For women, twenty five hundred I use. For men, five thousand I use. Vitamin C, multivitamins, and turmeric. Turmeric helps with inflammation, you know, colds and stuff. But they don't talk about it, and it really, it's you know. You know, and I'm all about information and I'm all about getting it out to these people that if you, I know I took the shot, you know, but some people don't want to take the shot for, for certain reasons, religions, whatever it is, maybe, but there is remedies to prevent from you getting sick, mm-hmm. but they don't talk about it. Obesity, your diet. Yeah. Diabetes. Uh, yes. Asthma. You know, there are certain. High blood pressure. High blood pressure. You know, uh, humans by the culture we've developed in every single nation uh mm-hmm. but one you know obviously uh <laughs> first world civilizations were knowledgeable and we can see the trends and i'm not a doctor i'm not an md i'm not gonna tell somebody Lecture. to do yeah. one thing or another mm-hmm. You know, except to be healthy. Eat, as, right, as eat greens. Person, eat right? greens. I say, I say, eat greens. Drink water. You yeah. know, and 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 fast food is what gets you. And oh, a lot gosh. of these people. Yes. And McDonald's. McDevils. I mean McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, and trust me, I, I I have to just drive past because if you give me one fry, I can't stop. Right. Granted, like McDonald's yeah. is, is they're good. And you know, I gave up soda but, two years ago, and I think they had the best Coke. They have the best because it's like they have their own machine. Yeah, they have like their own machine, you know. But the thing is you have to be disciplined. And and I had said it before, like even if you're overweight, just go outside and walk. The COVID, it it, it attacks your lungs. So if you're moving, you know, you're walking, even if you're jogging, it it helps fight it. It does. You know, just being a healthy individual, Mm -hmm. you're resistant I get much more than COVID. You know, you you mm-hmm. built your body to be strong and to fight off or have a better chance of fighting off any type of issue, whether it's the flu or the cold or mm-hmm. bronchitis. Um, then just being an athlete, you know, better part of my life, you you realize that uh, yeah. just becoming exposed to certain elements and people you know you develop your immune system again i'm not a doctor i don't hold me accountable no, no, but that's these but you, things but I you're a swimmer that, that's the thing but you know yes. what the crazy part is is your body's like a machine whatever you feed it yes you know you oh, are yeah. what you eat you know you it's a machine and it's like you can't just even if you're 21 22 by the time you're 30 35 and you keep eating the same stuff you know, it's it, 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 your body's not gonna react, you know, yeah, like it should. And the sad thing is, yeah, you know, within our country and many others, you look at price points, and healthy food is so much pricier than cheap food. And you know, you look at the WIC programs, and I uh-huh. haven't done a full study, but just going into the store and seeing what food is labeled as WIC approved. So it's carbs. Yeah, and it's carbs, it's cookies, it's everything. And it, you know, it just shows in society that food that is unhealthy, provenly unhealthy, is more available and more economically, you know, acceptable and mm-hmm. encouraged mm-hmm. for a, you know lower income people. So it. You know, there's so many facets to it. And again, <laughs> I will say a lot uh, from yeah. the basis of what I know, but it seems like the poor, underprivileged group always gets the short end of the stick because yeah. they cannot go buy organic, even at That's HGP. expensive. Organic is expensive. Know. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's two to three times more expensive. So capitalism at its finest it, it is and <laughs> you know and, and it comes to the basic fact of the strong will survive yeah you know i, I uh you know you ever tried that uh, what is it 
Chambuca, uh, what is it? That drink? Yes. With the beads in it? Yes, it's it's $5. Yeah. You know, so the average yeah. person that, and it and it's good for your blood. It cleans out, you know, your system. But, you know, someone that doesn't make much, has a family, is they going to buy that? They're which gonna is going to go buy soda for, yeah. you know, two for $4 for, you know, it's 48 cans. It's or... sad. It's sad. Yeah. You know, that's a topic that we could talk all day, you know, but we're focusing on you, but <laughs> <laughs> we're focusing on you. But yeah, the underprivileged and me, you know, I was blessed that when I grew up, my mom was always about eating vegetables and my dad was about fast food, church's chicken and <laughs> Burger King and Taco Bell. As I got older, I'm like, you know, taco, I don't even eat Taco Bell anymore. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, I know. Yes. You know, but when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it's the best. I don't eat Pizza Hut anymore. You know, Pizza Hut was like, oh, it was good in the 90s. You know, yeah. as you get older, it's like, this isn't really good pizza. It's kind of like. I need a cauliflower <laughs> crust, you know. <laughs> yes. No more double-decker cheese stuff. Oh, uh, yes. That's, that's a lot of carbs. That's a lot of carbs. Oh, yeah. And, you know. And my mom would always say, and it, it, it kind of, she would always say, pizza, that, that's, not a, that's not a food. That's not even dinner. That's just bread with cheese. And she likes, yeah, you know, and she's is. like, right? It's, that's not, it's, it's, not a, it's not dinner. I have had my true share of pizza. I remember when CC's was around. And CC's buffet. Amazing chocolate with, mm. like, white uh, I know what you're talking Dressing, about. you know, dessert mm. pizza. And uh, how many people would hit the salad bar, though, right? How many people would eat the, the salad? Oh. <laughs> the Don't salad. quote me. The salad was I was always looking. I was fighting people for the dessert pizza. That's all I knew. There was a line behind that thing. Oh, yeah. But but, yeah, just... I mean, when I was in college and we had to take road trips, and, you know, this is a, a bunch of us, the women's and men's team for swimming, for, you know, reasons of, of what we were budgeted we would eat at golden corral we would eat oh, at... that was my dad's favorite golden Corral. but it always smelled weird in there it didn't always smell weird like the carpet maybe something well yes <laughs> and there is every single buffet food that you can imagine from everything roast beef steak everything just fried shrimp yeah mm -hmm. it, the conglomeration of smells chicken strips is pungent right and after they stop serving that wonderful little honey butter in the containers that uh, can't go back they lost me there i need that honey butter with my rolls that's good stuff of intense carbs yes that's, that's good stuff so being your swimmer did you watch the olympics in uh in uh, tokyo oh, yes what do you think of the usa team ledecky okay well one mm -hmm. always proud of us right um obviously we did not perform uh, at the traditional level, mm -hmm. historic level, fact, mm. that we've been known for. Michael and, Phelps. <laughs> you know, he is one in, I want to say. He's the human he, fish. He is incredible. <laughs> and he always will be, even when he's you oh, know, God. not training. But. And it's crazy because he would come from behind most of the time. Right? It's like, he's past. <laughs> He's passing everyone up. It's like, peace he out. Tease. He was just like, hey, I'm going to let you think I win. And yeah, here we go. I'll let you, you know, I'll give you a head start. <laughs> and then he, energy. Right? And by the time the second, he's gone. Like, you're not catching him. So what do you think? You think that they underperformed? I mean, they did? They did very, very well. Um, but I, because I think, and, and they broadcast this live, because they had so many restrictions on COVID mm -hmm. in the U.S., these folks were not able to train as normal. One, they were a whole year behind, which yeah. in athletics, I mean, it just throws you off so much. Mm -hmm. uh, but they weren't, they were swimming in their backyard pools. I mean, so to have that diligent mentality where you will practice on your own in a little pool mm -hmm. is amazing. You know, that that's something extremely admirable. And so the performance, due to the conditions they were under, was impeccable. And, and I'm very, very proud of them. Now, the other countries that did not have that many restrictions as ours did very, very well. Uh, 
a little bit better than we Britain, Britain, right? Great Britain, uh, uh, Australia, Australia, China. They won, you know, the four by one hundred relay. The girls that was extremely shocking to Mm me. Um, Australia did wonderful. But, you know, our girl that won the 100 bras from Alaska, mm-hmm. and, you know, first time Alaska won a gold medal. and That, that was, was that was amazing. I saw that. That was did. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. I love this. I love the swimming because, you know, being I'm a former boxer and I did some swimming and it's 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 intense, you know, oh, it's it, yeah. and, and it helps you with your lungs. And when you're boxing, your lungs is the number one thing because you're using every just like swimming, you use every single muscle. Cause you, you know, that's how boxing is. You know what I mean? So three minutes to a boxer to get in the ring and having to fight someone is, you know, if you're not in shape, it's an hour. <laughs> yeah. Don't, I mean, even at my finest, I would not engage in that sport. Bro. Right. Right. And so when I did a little bit of swimming, I could just imagine how many, when Ladeke did what is it's 1800 meter. What was it? It was like the first time. I mean, she just, and oh. she bit, she even beat men. Like she, oh, yeah. yeah, and it's like very humble, very humble. Shout out to her, mm-hmm. and just, I mean, she's in a zone. It's and that's one thing <laughs> about swimming. I mean, you are by yourself, yep. looking at a line underwater in extremely cold water. Those, you know, <laughs> all of us are like ah, the worst part of the day is just jumping into the pool, knowing it's freezing, mm-hmm. um, and you are just. All on your own, you know. Track is very similar, Harvey. You really can see your opponents. Yeah, uh, you can see the crowd. So how do so how do you know when you're getting to the to the end? Do you look up or because I mean you're you, just you have to count your strokes. Like you just know really it's four strokes until I hit the wall. Yeah. Damn. It's very very calculated. Yes, because I'm thinking like if I'm swimming and I'm just trying to beat oh, everyone. Yeah. And you're not counting, you're going to hit that wall like, who? <laughs> you, I mean, you calculate, and one of the biggest things, is, especially if you're watching freestyle, a lot of times they will not take a breath for the last 25 or 50 meters. They will just hold it because every time you lift your arm to breathe, mm-hmm. it will slow you down. So these folks talk about lung capacity. Oh my goodness. Even at the end of the race, they will not breathe. And... That is a very hard, you know, physical condition to develop, and it takes years and years. Like, did you do the backstroke, too? Backstroke? I was... Nope. You just did? I I had to do backstroke when I did the 200 IM, which includes every single stroke, but I was a breaststroker. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got you. That's what I was... That's what you were known for. You never wanted to do a, you know, go to the Olympics and stuff like that, or. Well, let's, you know, let's be realistic. In <laughs> in swimming, I mean, three seconds can differentiate you from just being, you know, a Division two athlete to a Division one athlete. Okay. For a Division one athlete to compare to Olympics, <laughs> maybe two to one seconds. It's just. Challenging, it, it, you know. Yeah. I have to say it's like track. It is just that. Well, I mean, you got a scholarship, so much. you had to be good. You had to be good to get the scholarship, you know. Definitely. You, you know, know, it's not like you were, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, walk I did, on. Uh, I I did get eleven <laughs> All Americans in Division Two throughout my college. Give 11, it up. 11, Give 11, it up. Okay. Yeah. So there I you go. My diet probably was not. Uh, speaking of fast food, uh, yeah, Jack you know, taquitos were very popular. You know, uh, ramen noodles. Oh gosh, <laughs> I look back and I think about what I actually ate for the type of performer I was expected to be, and I just shake my head. I'm like, I don't. Yeah, you if know, I you only know. ate better. Like I would have really been better. That's a true fact. And and in yeah. college, probably not drink so much. So there's yeah, a lot yeah. of contributing factors. Yeah, it's it's a lot of discipline, and that's the thing. I you know when I was boxing, you know, I, I was right there at the you know being number one ranking in the in the, in the whole nation, and I kind of took my oh, eye off. It's amazing. Yeah, I took my eye off the price and fell in love, and you know started. 
drinking and it's just like you can't do that like you know you can't do that like boxing is your wife it's your you know it's your girlfriend everything like and you know so you know so the people that are the champions that are that they they did it you know since they were that was their life you know that's you know they've been having a lot of documentaries on muhammad ali for yeah you know what a reason and he started in high school hardly graduated high school and you know, he was champ by the time he was 22 yeah but yeah he didn't drink he didn't do anything yeah he didn't do anything and the only thing is was yeah. was women but he <laughs> i read his book and he had it spiked i didn't like the movie will smith played it good but i didn't like that the fact that he they stole his bike and he was very mad, and he wanted to beat up the kid that stole his mm-hmm. bike, and he went to a boxing gym, and that's how he learned. Yep. And you know he won. He's Olympic. Uh, he's Olympic gold medal champion. Oh, yes. And he threw his medal in the Atlantic. Oh, be- did he? I yes, didn't know because that. of the racism. Then um, they cut that out, and it's just like I knew his story, so yes. It's like when I saw the movie, I was like, "Where's the bike?" <laughs> You know, I, I, I actually have not seen the one where Will Smith played him. I, it's, I, I mean, he did good, but it's yeah. like, you know, right when he became a champion and it wasn't like when he was a kid. I wanted to be like when he's a kid all the way mm-hmm. to, you know. It's where he really started. Yes. yes. You know, you know, and it's during the civil rights and became Muslim and it's just, oh, yeah. you know, and everyone, you know, he's changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali and it's. He's one of the best boxers of all time. Like, you know, I think oh. he's, you know, and, and Floyd Mayweather got mad because, you know, Floyd Mayweather's undefeated <laughs> and he's like, how did he, he lost? I'm like, dude, don't he, he went 15 rounds. Don't even. <laughs> yes. But you know who the real champ is? is George Just... Foreman because oh. I tell you what, those little grills, I'm pretty sure he's made much more money than any of the pro boxers once you retire and start grilling burgers (laughs) good for him he is you know i saw his documentary and he yes it was in showtime and it's just amazing how everyone doubted him you're 40 something years old why are you getting in the ring and he becomes champion and it's like yeah you told me i wasn't getting nothing and and he started making millions again, and then he did the George Foreman grill, and it's that's it, it's game over. And he's from Houston. Shout out to George Foreman. Actually, my dad grew up in two streets away from him. Wow. And remembers, he, I think he's got a, six brothers and sisters. Yeah, he has a big family. A lot, and uh, they would go over and and play with the kids, and he was always very spiritual. He remembers, but that's a small world. But it yeah, is. I think he has a lot of kids himself. Yeah, too. and they're all named George. A lot of boys named George. That's right. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, so we're almost gonna close it up. So, for those people that want to be entrepreneurs, what what do you what's your advice? You know, to for them, like if they want to start something, should mm. they do their research or what do you oh, think? Gosh, yes, absolutely. Um, I think before you take a dive. Mm-hmm. If you are fortunate enough, utilize the network you have currently to your biggest support mm-hmm. and and make sure those people are behind you. Um, set out, you know, write your business plan. Gosh, mine was over 20 pages long. 20, 20 it, pages. Hey, okay. <laughs> Really help to focus. Look at classes. Look, look at, go on YouTube. Learn things. I mean, I can YouTube how to be a good event planner, and they give you tips. Uh-huh. You know, financial advice. You know, if you can get an investor, you know, again, you have to show what you will be doing. And you know, truly, at this point, I will say I didn't. I wasn't of that era a few years ago as things changed, but. ESG for any private equity investor, mm-hmm. they want to see that in your portfolio. Okay. So even you know, as an event planner, you have to figure out how you're gonna you know be environmental, you're gonna have society sustained, as uh, sustainability and governance. What what is ESG? Well, it is the you know, and I'll just say it. 
it's the new, you know. <laughs> because, you know, I work in the energy industry, and ESG is a website where you you enter your transactions, and it turns someone's lights off. <laughs> well, geez, I don't know all about that, but I know you got to go look at companies online, like the big majors or even mm-hmm. the big middle uh, other-run companies, mm-hmm. specifically, we'll just say oil or other energy yeah their esg is another way for it to get highlighted as far as what a lot of companies have already been doing they have already you know for e environmental reasons i don't think any companies out there to destroy the environment yeah some of the outcomes that we do mm-hmm. have bad effects but throughout time as we become more proficient at you know how to produce energy naturally we've been saving the environment and not continually exploiting it so one it's environmental mm-hmm. and then it's that's e and then s is sustainability okay showing that whatever method you are using currently mm-hmm. is sustainable and then g is governance and that's really where you're giving back to the community you're in embracing the culture you've developed and the money you're making is also going to more of a civic purpose. Uh, you know, just giving back and a lot of people, you know, that's just kind of their yearly tax write-off, but mm-hmm. it's, it's the new <laughs> cliche term, kind of like we went through the word synergy or the word best practices. Mm-hmm. ESG is just another push one for investors to say you need that plan mm-hmm. because we want to make sure we are investing with a company that has the correct goals the correct mindset and who will appeal to the audience mm-hmm. and specifically the customers that they're willing to serve so Look at that. Breaking it down. See that (laughs) audience, ladies and gentlemen? She's breaking down what Uh, ESG means. And that's something that you get here on the Dry Podcast for free. (laughs) By Amanda Labrie. By Amanda Labrie, (laughs) the professional event corporate planner. So how do you feel about green energy? Oh, I feel wonderful about it. Do you? Um, I do. I fully believe wholeheartedly that every source of energy that is available we should harness because mm-hmm. as a society as a human race specifically mm-hmm. you know we are all in this together yeah and it's important so you know green energy i don't think it the whole battle and i think it's become again a, a political issue it's become a social issue like you know non-renewables versus renewables Uh no it should just be energy in general because okay you know if you want to think back before oil and gas they were whaling Uh so going back to the older days like should we go kill all the whales and you know have an extinct population or would you rather drill into the ground and pull up some black stuff and make something out of it Oh, wait, now there's, you know, all the flaring that comes out. So you see these fires, you know, little candlesticks in the desert where there's production. So now we need to negate that to lower the carbon emissions. So we as a culture, as people, as a human race, have always been proactive in mm-hmm. perfecting our efficiencies. Right. But in my mind, this is just me, Amanda mm-hmm. Lebrie. I will say my opinion is it's all about money. It's all about, okay, well, if we can, we're going to be green with a little green leaf stamp. Mm. We are going to attract this crowd of people. Well, if we're just going to be oil and gas and traditional, we're going to grasp this amount of people. Mm. So, again, yes, I am supportive of green energy because I'm in support of all energy. Mm. And I think and I believe my foresight is you know, they're worried about oil and gas prices, but when they start diversifying energy, 
Filling gas is extremely important. You know, you're not going to fly one of those big military planes off of electricity. It's probably just not going to happen. So as that as a resource will become allocated to certain sectors and it will become more expensive. It will become more coveted because it is so important. Now, if we're deciding to use solar panels mm-hmm. to you know, turn on the lights in our house, great. Then save petroleum for physical products, you know, gas. Yeah, because we use oil for everything. Yeah, yeah we uh-huh. uh, we do all plastics and. You know, and you don't like that. You know, like Elon Musk with the with the Teslas. You know, uh, you know it's it's good. You know, they don't use gas, but the battery for that the vehicle, battery. yes, is yes. very toxic. And that's one thing that the green energy has had a battle over mm-hmm. is that it's hard to harness and store and so going back to kind of startups mm-hmm. you need to find that niche and again i am not bloomberg i'm not mad money but i will so it's, it's your opinion it's your opinion from the crowd that i engage with from what i am told harnessing and storing that energy especially lithium in containers is so vital now. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't mention companies specifically, but there are a lot that are going global because they really have that capacity to store energy. And even if you are in finance, even if you're just looking at Bitcoin, okay, mm-hmm. well, if you cryptocurrency, got, yeah, if if you have this massive, please excuse me if I don't get the terminology correct kind of bank system underground somewhere that relies off of Uh electricity and generators, the power to grasp grasp energy on the level of it won't run out if you have these certain storage containers. Not only will it affect us on a grid level using our power in our houses or corporations, it will even go into more the tech world Kind of like cryptocurrency. So when you're looking at something, look at all the facets that, that one product or one idea can infiltrate. Uh-huh. You know, try to make something that really is diversified or is such an extremely niche. We'll just say the iPhone that you know, <laughs> or Samsung. You know, I'm not preference. Yeah. But that can control the market to a very small device for a huge capacity you know unless you're developing something like that tailor your product service or innovation to something that can be utilized in many different sectors many different industries that will embrace it for their specific purpose very well very well said amanda labrie breaking it down Okay, so I got some fun questions. We're going to close it down. All right. Okay, what's the last movie you saw? You know what? This might not be. <laughs> this is the truth. Uh, it's the Clue, but the 1985 version of Clue. Clue. Who starts in it? Do you know? I have no idea, but it is so funny. So witty. The Clue. It, clue. Just like the game that everyone plays. Oh, Clue. Okay, Clue. Clue. Yes, okay. The older version. The, the 19... They, I like 80s movies. You know, 80s movies, they're yeah. a little cheesy, you know. Oh, so cheesy. But the dialogue and the writers, impeccable. I mean, really? they just have the most witty banner. And you may have to watch the movie three times to catch it all. But, you know, if you're in tune and, you know, you just want that kind of a dialogue humor oh it's fun and okay that was the last movie i saw right favorite food could be anything <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to favorite food oh gosh well it's the go-to one that i should not go to it's dark chocolate covered almonds okay that's good stuff i like that yes okay favorite song you can listen to over and over that you can't get tired of. Good lord. Um, <laughs> You're like, that's my jam. Crank it up. 
Okay. Um, can I get maybe like one or two? Okay, let's do two. Let's do two. Okay. Uh, I am in love with Bill Withers. Wow. Okay. Use me. Love that song. Great song. Odie, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, good song. And I will say Winona Judd. The Judds. The Judds. Ashley Judd. The, the Ashley Judd, the actress, right? But Winona, her mm. sister. Mm-hmm. And... What's the yeah, name of it? I, I'm embarrassed to even no, say No, that's this, okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's no one else on earth. Okay, I'm going to have to listen to that. You see? It, it's that's... a very old song. It was from the very early 80s. Hey, I love, I love all genres. And I can even go back to the 50s. I'm a big Chuck Berry fan. And so I was... Oh, well, he made the... I mean, he was instrumental in the whole genre. Right. He, yes. He made the turn. And he's probably one of the one musical heroes oh yeah you know the 21st century like he changed it so much you know it's crazy because i grew up with oldies and i was watching a podcast video on youtube and he's like no one no one really knows what chuck berry and i'm like bro i can name like 10 songs from chuck berry you know my goodness he's the first rapper he is the first rapper because his he songs, he rhymes. Over. Yeah, he crossed over, you know. So and that's he was good. Black. Yeah, he was black. Yeah, he was black. People did not know that. Did not know. They thought he was white. They, you know, back mm. then, it's before social media. And, you know, uh, his documentary, uh, which is uh, Rock and Roll High, I think, or one of those. I forgot the name of it. All Hell Rock and Roll is the name of the documentary. And he's him and Bolt Diddley talk about how much they made back then. So they made half a cent mm. selling a record. Half a cent. That's mm. insane. Like, <laughs> I mean, and even with inflation over the years, that is nothing. Yes, you sell nothing. a million records. I mean, yeah, that's half a cent. Oh. So, I mean, that's, that's him and Little Richard, too. Little Richard, they all made like a fraction, and these big oh. record companies will make all the money. What they were worth. Yeah, oh. it's yeah. Okay, so any oh, shout outs? Say, What's up? Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, another song. Another song. Um, from what I'm told, doesn't reflect my genre. Oh, come every on single now. night, I watch Harry Mason's black and white version. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I I wanted to say I'm an older soul, but sixties. Janis Joplin. Oh, take a little piece of my heart, huh? I love music. Baby. Oh yes. my God, she was <laughs> she was so ahead of her time, and it's too bad that she, you know, she died along with Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison, all twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, all twenty seven. I mean, and then Kennedy got killed. I mean, Martin Luther King got killed. Like this, like the yeah. sixties was just such an intense part of history mm-hmm. and i love it and you know i think our later later generations are going to look at what we're living through and say the same thing but i mean the yeah. beatles rolling stones like everything it i just again it did you don't get the soul and creativity i think now or the voices it's it's one. oh yeah i mean you talk you talk about jim morrison and and, and jimmy hendrix uh you know fun fact uh mark ramon i'm a big ramones fan he he's from new york and he met them at this bar mm-hmm. uh, and they kept going in the restroom and he's a kid he's probably about 16 17 at the time so he goes to this bar in new york and uh, his friend that he went to school with was a musician he goes come over man jimmy hendrix is there Jim Morrison is there. He's like, yeah, you're bullshit. He's not. Mm. Come on over. Sure enough, they're at the table. They're drinking, and Jim Morrison is drinking Jack Daniels, right? <laughs> and they keep going in the restroom, and so he's like, what's going on? And so they keep going in. They're doing coke, right? Yep. And so he says his first impression of Jim Morrison was a sloppy drunk, like just. Mm-hmm. very you know self-centered and very you know rude 
But Jimi Hendrix, he goes, I liked him. You know, he was still kind of sane. He was cool. But just imagine those two legends hanging out. I mean, that is like, and there's no social media back then. Yeah. That's you know. true. They became friends. You know, and so he goes back to school and he's still in high school. And he says, I was with Jim and none of them, no one believes him. Heck no. I wouldn't believe that. I really <laughs> But when he said the Jack Daniels, I mean, yeah, that's that that was his drink. That was Jim Morrison's drink, and a great vocalist. You know, he's one of my that band. I love that band, and I wish he would have still lived. And who knows what he would have done? They just have the best voices. And mm-hmm. uh, let me get the song name correct. We are the world, and it's, we are the world. We are the world. So it's directed by Quincy Jones. Okay. But the artists in there, they have Whitney Houston, Michael mm. Jackson, Willie Nelson, Kenny Rogers. Oh, yeah, the song. Steve we Rogers, are the world. Jeff, we are the children. Bruce Springsteen. Like, oh, my gosh. The, the execution and the voices, to me... Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm biased. Cindy just... Cindy Lauper was there. Beautiful. Lionel Richie. Have oh, Lionel Richie, I think, helped write it. I mm-hmm. think him and Michael both helped write it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Charles. One... Prince wasn't there, though. Prince, no. Yeah, Prince said no. He said no. I didn't know that. But there was a plethora of people that were there. He said no because Michael was, you know, running it. And... Uh-huh. Him, they came up pretty much the same time, you know what I mean? But, you know, Prince was a crazy musician. Michael Jackson was a great singer, great performer. Yeah, untouchable. Right? Yes. But Prince was like, you know, so Michael Jackson called them a meanie. He's a meanie because they were supposed to do a song together. Mm. And he wanted them on either the Thriller or Off the Wall, one of those albums. And Prince was like, I'll go. And he never went. He stood him up. And so Michael Jackson is like, he's a meanie. Instead of calling him, you know, mm. he's, a, he's an asshole, he's like, he's a meanie. He's a meanie. <laughs> and I know, even though Michael Jackson helped write that song, mm-hmm. it was one of the battles, like, he did not have a lot of parts. I think he only had, like, two or three. Yeah, that's when he was wearing that, that general's... Beautiful outfit. <laughs> I mean, my gosh. <laughs> You know, his attire was part of his persona, yeah. but I tell you what, it worked. I was looking at that jacket. I wish they had made it in a I size. wanted that jacket. So when, when Thriller came out, I was about six or five, and I wanted that beaded jacket. And yes. it's like they didn't have my size. And I'm telling my dad, like, Dad, get it from me. He's like, it doesn't fit you. Like, it fit me really big. And I'm just like, damn, I wanted that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you, Michael Jackson is like the Tom Brady of football. Oh yeah, untouchable. You know, it's it's hard to believe he's gone, you know. And you know he was gonna do the fiftieth, you know. He was gonna turn fifty and do the tour. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, have a friend. Shout out to to Joe. He saw him when he came here on the Bad Tour. Really? Yes. I mean, come on, that's Michael Jackson. You can't. You know, my parents actually met at a Jackson Five concert. My dad saw him at a Jackson 5 yeah, concert. They're, wow. They're probably all there together. <laughs> Day, and I'm still listening to the music. <laughs> oh, it's and it's it's endless music, you know. It is. You know with Prince the same thing and I was like I'm going to see him cuz I like his music and he came and I and I never went and then he died and I'm just like damn it I should have went. It's like even like DMX the rapper like to see him one know. time in person. Yes, DMX I loved him. I loved him. I loved his music. He came to Houston, House of Blues, 2018. Really? Yes. That, I mean, that's not a long time ago. That's not a long time ago. Same night the Game of Thrones was showing on. And I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. And it sucked. The episode, oh my God, I would never. And I'm like, and my friend was supposed to go with me. He's like, dude, it's Game of Thrones night. And I'm just like, damn it, it's Game of Thrones night. So I'm just like, ah, should I go by myself? Like, I really want to see him. I don't know why I stayed home. Oh, my God. There's HBO Max. I know. I, we, all of us, we were addicts. We were like, it's Sunday. We got to watch Game of Thrones. What do you think? What do you think of the last season? Think it was rushed? It was... I hated the ending. Yeah. So it those people that haven't just... seen it, you know, you can see it, but... 
Uh, we're not going to give it away. It's up to you, but I wasn't excited either. I wasn't very excited about it, but it is what it is. All right, so where can we find you on social media? Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, you know, so what about Twitter? What do you what do you think about Twitter? I'm pretty sure I have a Twitter account somehow, mm. probably because I had to do that to get another app, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you my username or mm. I don't even have my login information. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so you're on LinkedIn as Amanda uh, Labrie. Li- yes, LinkedIn is... So if you guys want to host a party or something, an event, reach out to her, Amanda Labrie. That's L-A-B as in boy, R-I-E, right? Yes, it Reach is. out to her. Any shout-outs that you want to give out? Any shout-outs? Um, you know what? There's so many people. Mm-hmm. They may or may not be listening, but have helped me throughout my career. Okay. Everybody in Midland. Uh, Midland. Death. Okay. You know, my new group in Houston, I have to give a shout out to OGGN, Oil and Gas Global Network. There we go. They are making so many moves. I'm so grateful to work with them. I have to give a shout out to Redem for the good, diligent work they're doing to really support the end of sex trafficking again and yeah. in a financial level. And for any of you, Golf folks, we are having a tournament November 9th at Carlton Woods. Carlton Woods. Carlton Woods. Uh, we obviously want players. We're still looking for sponsors, all for a good cause. And you're going to meet a great group of people there. And as it is golf week, because the Houston Open is the same week, mm-hmm. but I don't think anything exciting will happen on that Monday. So y'all go ahead and come out support the cause and of course my loving parents all right shout out to the parents definitely probably aren't listening to this but you know they are <laughs> without your parents you wouldn't be they here i got are, you i got you they're the best mm-hmm. uh, but that i think that'll wrap it up all right all right we've got amanda Libri. thank you for being here and you guys tune in to the next episode thank you for listening